a couple years down the road, uh, comedy starts going really well for you. You, um, there's a viral video of you. Mm-hmm. You're at a, a house party, and uh, like people are just there's like a video of uh, people are just like, hey, check it out. They're just like scanning the party with their phone. It's honestly a pretty fucking boring video. Yeah. And then um, you are leaned up against the like the, the screen door, right? Sounds about right. Sounds about right. So you're leaned up against the screen door, and the screen gives way. And you kind of fall backwards through the hole. And they're like, holy shit. And they just like run up and stick their phone through the screen door. And you're just sitting there. Uh, your pants got rip, ripped off in the when like they went through the glass. Yeah. You're wearing white boxers with red hearts on them. They're clearly visible. And uh, you're just eating a bag of Lay's. <laughs> you're eating a bag of wavy Lay's. Okay. And they they go, holy shit, Chris, are you okay? And you look in the camera and you go, man, I'm yeah. just so glad I got these wavy lays, <laughs> right? So it's this like really funny viral video, <laughs> and you become Mister Wavy Lays. Yeah. Right. The video blows up. What kind of lays were they? Were they like? Barbecue lays. They were they were plain wavy lays. Okay. Classic wavy lays. All right. You become Mr. Wavy Lays and you fucking blow up, right? Sweet. sweet you're in commercials. You're uh, you're doing like uh appearances. You know, you're all over the place, Mr. Wavy Lays. You're the face of a new chip generation. That's what they're calling you. There's an article written about you in Forbes. The cover was just you with your bag and a hand of wavy lays. Am I in my drawers? No. Dang. You, you're like, you, <laughs> I mean, not on the cover. Okay. On the cover, on the cover is just like a really dignified photo of you, like looking very stoic, just dipping your hand into a bag of wavy lays the same way you've done thousands of times before. Yeah. So you're Mr. Wavy Lays. How am I? Am I, this is all brand new to me, so I'm not, yeah. I'm okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. So, but because of this, like, you're uh, you're making, like, $100,000 a year. Uh, you're doing, you're getting, like, all the fucking wavy lays you can handle. Yes. They're like, anytime you want any wavy lays, you just, you hit a button on your desk, and somebody brings them right to your door. Any flavor you want, any kind you want. They got a new kind of wavy lay coming out. It's called the uh, Way... V lay, it's like W A Y V E E. <laughs> it's like the it's like the most waviest lay Ooh. they've ever had. The waves on this thing, you look at this for the first time. The prototype of the way V lay, you look yeah. at the prototype and you think, man, I could ski down those waves. Wow. Yeah, you take a look and you're you're reminded of a of a photograph you saw at an art museum of the Swiss Alps where mm-hmm. there was just a, somebody taking a photograph of a skier skiing down the Alps. And you look at that wavy lay, the new waviest lay, and you're like, fuck, there it is. It takes your breath away for a second. So you're loving being Mr. Wavy Lays, right? You're making good money. Yes. All these appearances. You get to go on a stand-up comedy tour. People are like, find out you're a comedian. They're like, great, let's use that. Let's get you out. Let's get you more money. You know, you're really trying to cash in. So you're touring the United States of America. 
you have a stop off in a, a little place called uh, Milton, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's on the Susquehanna River. And you're doing a you're doing a show. You get booked for like this this corporate show. It's at a uh, it's at a restaurant in town. It's like a restaurant that has like a, a venue attached to it. It's called uh, Steve's Falafel House. <laughs> and you're like that sounds like a that sounds like a pretty fucking. That's not like a like a venue that you're normally used to at this point. You're used to doing like big concert halls and, and you know big corporate buildings but like yeah this is just like they have a really nice back room uh you, you're getting paid like 10 grand to do the show right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. you show up at steve's falafel house you pay ten thousand dollars uh you get a drink ticket and you get an entree or two sides up to 9.99 anything more you got to pay for it so you order a falafel plate right you know you get like everybody's like get the falafel so you get the falafel you take a bite out of the falafel, and I gotta be honest with you, it's the best falafel you've ever had. Oh. It's perfectly crispy. It's impeccably seasoned. It leaves you wanting more. It's revelatory. And it's like it's just like the best you thing you've ever had. As you like finish the falafel, they go, Okay, Chris. Five minutes. You take a big drink. You steal yourself, you pull out your set list, you go over it one more time, and you go out and you do this corporate show and you just crush, right? You have like this set that you've been chasing. You've been working really hard on stand up and you've been have like the set that you've been chasing and it was gratifying and it just it felt great. And as you're like scanning the room, you're in the middle of this like 40 minute set, you see a man standing underneath a light. He's kind of like leaned up against a post and Everybody there is laughing, and something about this guy just kind of draws you in. You see that uh, he's kind of like leaned up against this post. He's wearing a large chef's hat. He just runs his hand through it. And you guys kind of like lock eyes for a second, and he just nods at you like while you're in the middle of this bit, and you just know that like he gets it. <laughs> so you crush at this show. Afterwards, you're selling merch. Uh, you're hanging out by the doors. People are leaving. And the last guy in line walks up to you and it's that guy and he's got that chef's hat on. And he looks at you, he goes, man, that was fantastic. He goes, we've had a lot of comedians come through here and uh, nobody's really rocked the falaf quite like you have. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate That's what they call the, the restaurant, the falaf. The falaf. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So he, he reaches out. He goes, how long are you in town? And you'll be in town. Uh, you've got another show, and your next show's in Pittsburgh the next night at like eight p.m. So you tell him that you're like, um, I'm leaving. You know, I'm gonna leave in the afternoon tomorrow. He goes, Oh well, if you want to come by the, I'll give you a tour. I'll give you a tour of the town. Give you a tour of you know kind of what we got going on here. We'll take you out to lunch. Love to show you around. No, uh... he, he seems like a really nice guy. He buys uh, he buys a bunch of merch off of you. He gives you his business card. You take it. You go home. You go back to like the hotel. You uh you make really good money at the show. Not only just the the show itself. You sell a lot of merch. You feel like uh you know you're finally like heading in the right direction. You got some time to kill. So the next morning, 
like you wake up, you look and you see this, the number, it's just a phone number on a business card. And you're like, I got some time. So you, you call the number and uh, they say, hello, uh, this is Boy RD. How can I help you? Oh, uh, I just wanted to hit you up and uh, take you up on that offer. And the receptionist goes, oh, okay. Is this Chris? Show you right. Show you right. And uh, so you, you give her the address of the hotel. Two minutes from after, you'll all be ready in a couple minutes. Two minutes after you hang up, you see just this long black limousine pull up. The driver gets out. He stands in front of the limousine, and he holds a sign up with your name on it. And you're like, I'm right here. He goes, oh, okay, well, come on. You could have just told me. So you get in the limousine. You drive through town. You pull up to this, like, sleek-looking office building. The driver lets you out, and you walk inside. There's a woman sitting at a receptionist's desk. And she goes, oh, Chris, go ahead. Head on up. Uh, they'll take you all the way up to the top. So she points over to an elevator. As soon as she like motions to it, it opens. There's a light on inside of it. You step inside and you hit floor 50. It's the tallest building in town. And this elevator goes like super fucking fast, right? It just zips up. Like you had it for a second, you're like, holy shit, are we going to like fly out of this building? Like it's so fucking fast. Yeah. The elevator opens and in front of you is just this big like, executive room and sitting at the desk is that guy from the night before he's got on that chef's hat right nice 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 same chef's hat mm-hmm. and he sees the he sees the door come open he goes hey come on in he goes thank you so much for coming by i'm glad you're taking me up on the offer he goes by the way i haven't formally introduced myself and he sticks his hand out he goes my name is jeff jeff boy rd oh i have an uncle named jeff he goes great you shake his hand mm-hmm you do? Yeah, I shake his hand. Nothing happens. Sweet. So you shake his hand. He sits there and he's like, yeah, man, I, I just want to tell you, like, I really thought you uh, you did a great job. You're a fantastic comedian. Uh, we had a really great time. And yeah, I think the, you should definitely come try to come back soon. He's, he's just like, he's really cordial and he's, he's down to earth. And uh, you just feel like, you're like, yeah, I just kind of get this guy. He goes, you hungry? You want to go out to lunch? Yeah, man. He was great. You like pizza? You like za, bro? Uh, I like I like the pizza, but um, on the real dough. Yeah. On the real dough. Uh huh. I want that falafel. He was okay. You want to go to the falafel? That falafel was so fire. He was great. That I wanted another one, and another one. He was wonderful. Let's go. So he takes you down in the elevator. You walk out. Uh. As you walk out of the building, the doors, as they like swing shut, it's uh you just see like an Italian chef, like it's Chef Boyardee, <laughs> just like giving you the big okay, you know, like from mm-hmm, the can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you leave the Boyardee factory with Jeff Boyardee, CEO of Boyardee. You get in that long black limousine. You go to the falaf. You guys pull up, you go inside, you have this great lunch, and he kind of asks you about, like, your plans, like, what do you want to do after you're done, you know, being the, the Wavy Lays guy? And, uh, you know, you're talking about some some scripts you're reading, some things you want to do, uh, and he goes, look, he goes, be honest with you, if you he goes, if you want to know, he goes, uh, he pulls out, like, a big fuzzy die, he goes, I can tell you anything you want, but... Whenever we're done with that question, I'm going to roll this die. 
and whatever it pulls up is what happens. He goes, sometimes you, sometimes you get caught in a rainstorm. Sometimes you, uh, you discover the cure for cancer. Sometimes you stub your toe on, on your couch. Sometimes you find a puppy and take it in and it's your best friend for 10 years. It could be anything. Is, do you want to play? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a little nervous. I don't have the fuzzy dice. How do you? Is it how fuzzy? It I, they're the fuzziest dice you've ever seen. There's so much fuzz on this dice. It's like almost like it's calling out to you. You know how like if you ever see like uh how grass moves underwater, just yeah. like slow. It's just like that. Oh, it's just the fuzziest. Oh my god, softest dice you've ever seen oh, your whole fucking can life. Can I touch the dice? He goes. If you touch the dice, we're playing. Oh, little fuzzy things. He goes, they're the fuzziest. Oh. And he rubs it, he rubs the dice, the die, like up his face, <laughs> and he, he purrs like a fucking cat. Let's go for it. I'm down for it. He goes, great. Cool. Let me test them dice real quick. Ooh. You grab the dice, and it's just like the softest thing you've ever felt. Yes. Almost like it connects perfectly with your body. Like it just fits perfectly in your hand. Yeah. You run your fingers through it and it feels like you're just running your hand along grass underwater. Oh, Jesus Christ. If, uh, all right. I got my question. He goes, okay. I'm lonely. Huh? All this money that I have. Uh-huh. Means nothing without a woman by my side. <laughs> he goes, man, I hear you. <laughs> he pulls, he pulls a wallet out. He pulls his wallet out. He and when he opens his wallet, a, a whole like row of photographs pull, open up, and they're all just like you look at the first one, and you're like, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, and uh, she's totally nude. And then the next photo is like a woman who's even more beautiful. The next photo is a, a man who's even more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's just a series of lovers that he's had. They're all nude. He has all of their photographs nude. Yeah. And they just get increasingly more and more beautiful. He goes, I get it, man. Variety's the spice <laughs> of life. He goes, yeah, you got to have somebody by your side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want just sex, though. I'm a germaphobe, so I don't, I'm not into all of that shit. What I'm what I'm into is just that that mental mental love. He goes, You wanna know if you're gonna find the love of your life. Yeah. So So what's when the it's question? all said and done, will I ever find my love? Or will I just be alone with all this money with prostitutes? He he kinda like he grabs the die from you. He runs his hand through the hat on his head and he holds the die for a second and he goes, yeah, you'll find the love of your life. Thank you. He goes, okay, my turn. And uh, he throws the die up in the air and it just kind of like you watch it sort of like hang in the air for what feels like infinity. It feels like you live your lifespan several times over. 
before you see that die move again. And then the die comes back down and it lands and it says, A OK. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, A OK. He's all right. Well, I guess uh, that's it. Well, and he just kind of like, he stands up, he walks to the door, and he goes, uh, yeah, good luck with everything. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I, I, I couldn't be here for, for longer. Well, Jeff, Mr. Boy Ardeed, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. You gave me some a little bit of hope. He goes, yeah, hang on to that hope. He I goes, will. in spite... Of all of it. That's like the one thing that we always have is hope. He goes, never let go of that hope. He's like backing to the door as he says this. And he walks out and he he comes back in. He goes, hey, I mean it. He goes, never, never let go of that hope. You leave Milton. I I, I shed a small tear, but then I wipe it away because I don't want nobody to see. That tear falls to the ground. Uh, you were in the outdoor patio area. It was like a concrete slab. Your tear falls into the crack, and a rose grows out of it. A single rose grows right out of it. I pick up that rose. I mean, it doesn't. It takes a, oh. a rose a little while. Oh, a little, little, little time lapse. Time. Yeah, lapse. yeah. Okay, yeah but mind. eventually, a rose grows out of there. Never mind. I won't pick up that rose. I'll be at a. That, a rose grows there. out of there, and a man uh, sees it. And he he's on his first date with his with a girl that he likes, and he takes her to the falaf, and uh, they go and have like a great dinner. He picks the rose out of the crack in the concrete, and uh, he tucks it behind her ear, and he says to himself, "I'm gonna marry this girl someday." And they go on to get married like a year and a half later. They uh they cure cancer together. Just so you know, so you Sweet. leave Milton, Pennsylvania that day, full of like a renewed hope. That you'll find the woman of your dreams. You spend another probably like five and a half years as the wavy lays guy. You amass yourself $3 million. Like that's like your net worth. Uh, you, you never really have to do anything again. You have like a steady stream of residuals that won't dry up for years. You invest wisely. You, uh, you like, you've been really smart about everything. You set you up for an excellent like long term, like a full life. Um, and one day you're, you're walking through a grocery store. You're, uh, it's a Sunday and Sunday is, uh, pot roast day for you. Every Sunday you make yourself pot roast and you get, um, like fresh baked bread and you're like, oh, so you're, you're going to the store, uh, to get some Donaldson's honey butter. Donaldson's honey butter is, uh, it's the best honey butter around. Um, it's your favorite honey butter. So you go to get it and you reach for the Donaldson's honey butter and your hand brushes up against the hand of this woman. Uh, you, you look at her and you're just like, like stunned. You've never seen somebody so beautiful. She has like, does she look familiar to you? You feel like she, you know, you've never seen her. You you're positive without a doubt. You've never seen her, but she feels so familiar. She has like these emerald green eyes. Mm. 
And for a second, you see him like glint like an actual emerald. She has like long, dark hair. It's down like past her shoulders. She has a. She's probably like five foot four. And she has like the sweetest, kindest voice. Your hands brush and she says, oh, I'm so sorry. I just love this Donaldson's honey butter. Yeah, me too. And so you but look then at that's her. A, I just, I just, I just, I just take it. I take the 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 Donald's honey. Would you take it? The butter, the honey butter. Yeah. And then I walk away. So you take the honey butter and walk away. And because you just like my anxiety is taking over at this point in your time. Your heart, your heart I, beats. <laughs> your heart is beating so fast. You just like you feel like you have this like cosmic connection. You know, uh, you've never like. You never believed in like love at first sight, but you're starting to think that you could. You look at her basket. She has the exact same items as you. Like down to a T. She has a bag of uh, like broccoli crowns. And it's it's done by weight and it's the exact same price as yours. It's got a little sticker on it. So you uh you go check out and you're just like overwhelmed, you know, you're kind of in a daze that you just met this woman who you feel like you've known forever, uh, and she was just perfect in every way. You check out, you pay the cashier, you're just kind of once again in a haze, and you walk out into the parking lot and you put the stuff away in, in your car and you you turn around and you see her walking out and you kind of like fumble with your keys for a second, just hoping that she's parked somewhere near you. And you see her get into this uh, this car like a like the same row, just a couple down. And she kind of like loads her groceries in, gets inside, and you get in your car, and you kind of just like <sighs> slump down in your chair, you know. As this is kind of um, very familiar in real life, but but then something going. takes hold of you. You remember, you remember those fuzzy dye. You have a pair of fuzzy dye hanging from your fuzzy dyes hanging from your rearview mirror. And you look at him and you think, this is the moment. This is the moment that I meet the love of my life. Emboldened, you step out of your car. You take two steps towards the like the aisle where the cars come through. And you see that she's standing there. And she goes, hey, is something, as soon as she says that, uh, an 18-wheeler comes barreling down the, um, the aisle and it just fucking flattens her. And you met the love of your life, but she was killed instantly. <laughs> you spend, oh, the, next, you spend no. the next 20 years. Uh, you spend the next 20 years reliving that moment. You blow the three million dollars within the first six months. Uh, you wind up bouncing around from town to town, just like living on credit. Uh, you know, Jeez. just lying your way through life for 20 years. Eventually, uh, you hit the booze real hard and just <laughs> drink yourself to death. And therein lies the story of what happens when you don't make a move. <laughs> yeah, Ladies it fucking sucked. You died, dude. You blew it so bad. I blew it you, so you both bad. Touched, you both touched the same honey butter container, and you and we took had it. The same, we had the same you, food and everything. You took it. You didn't give it to her. But you know, when I let my, when I let, this is how bad it gets. When I let my anxiety get to a point to where even if she, me and her are touching the same shit, and she started a conversation with me, I'm like, oh, this is too. This is too good to be true. I'm about to fuck this up, and I just get my shit yeah. and walk off. And I, yeah, she got flattened <laughs> by eighteen wheeler. Smash, dude! Smashed. I mean, obliterated. 
They Look, had to, they had to peel her out of the grill. You know what I mean? Oh my god, it was bad. You know, yeah, that could have happened. But yeah, also she could have called me a little bitch and made me feel bad about knew, myself and made me cry. You, so I don't know. You knew in your heart of hearts that she'd never do that to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just had this connection. You just knew it, and you were so emboldened by it. And look what it fucking cost you everything. Yep, and I died. So I see died. her in heaven. You died? No, dude, you go to hell, man. <laughs> no, you, you spent those last twenty years running from everything. You know, you know what I mean. You weren't, you weren't living. You weren't, no, you weren't heaven worthy. Oh man. Yeah. Well, that's the way it goes. I yeah, love train. <laughs>